1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, May 26, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. Those of you watching on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, welcome. You can see the lovely faces of Bill Kerlich and Mark Porter. If you're on YouTube, please look at that red subscribe button right now and click on it. That helps. If you are listening to the podcast, please go in there and give us a like or give us a five-star review on Apple. That would be very helpful for us. As always, our guys are back on Thursday for some inspired recruiting chatter. Mark, Bill, we are not going to release the transcript of what was said before I turned the camera on.
2: That's not because I said anything. Good morning, everybody.
1: Shocker, when the camera's off, guess who's the most controversial one? It's not the Dean. (laughs) All right, guys. Mark, you've done two excellent reports this week. We had a long discussion on defensive linemen and defensive ends before the show. Two guys we've done down and dirty on this week. Jason Moore out of Damatha, and Mateo Uigalele out of St. John Bosco out in Cali. We did Mateo first. Bill, tell us about Mateo Uigalele. Everyone knows a little bit about that last name and just how much Ohio State wants him and then Mark can let us know exactly what they're going after.
0: Well, actually, in both the cases, Mateo and Jason, these are guys that, that Ohio State is you know, uh, certainly making a strong pitch at four. Um, Mateo has not set up an official visit to Ohio State yet, but I expect that to happen. Uh, he's got a, uh, basically a, a final five, top five uh, list that includes Ohio state and he has been out of Ohio state, I believe two times, I believe uh, including Ohio state's camp last summer and they're recruiting him as a defensive lineman, defensive edge type guy. And he's a guy that they, they, they certainly are, are, are highly interested in bringing in. And despite his brother being at Clemson uh, I think this is a pretty open race for him. Uh, obviously things haven't gone. I don't, thinking anybody what he would say perfectly for his brother at Clemson. And I think that uh, Mateo is is a guy that could end up at Ohio State. Um, in the case of Jason Moore, he is scheduled to make an official visit. And uh, shocker, it's that one weekend, June 24th to 26th, when um, just about everybody else is scheduled to make an official visit to Ohio State. Um, so he, he is a guy that they, uh, they certainly like a lot. And another one that has Ohio State among his top choices.
1: Jason Moore, obviously, comes from Damatha. Ohio State has had a little bit of success with defensive ends there. Chase Young. um, And like I told Mark before, Jason Moore comes from a very athletic family. His brother, Justin Moore, if anyone was watching the NCAA tournament and watching Villanova, his brother is the dude who tore his Achilles there in the Elite Eight and probably hurt Villanova's chance to win the title. Mark, both these guys have successful brothers. Both are big-time athletes. What do you think?
2: They're, they're both very similar. Uh, both 6'5". I think Corey's a little taller, 6'6". Both 255, 260 in that ballpark. Uh, let's start with the first one, Mateo. I did his video first he is a long, powerful athlete. I had to do some digging around on the web to look for some highlights of him. Most of his highlights were a tight end, and and he's impressive as tight end. If you remember Jake Ballard from back uh, at Ohio State, he's a Jake Ballard type tight end. If someone wanted to recruit him as a tight end, I wouldn't say no, and it wouldn't shock me. He's that good of an athlete. Uh, Over on defense, he's an edge player right now. He's a defensive end that he's so powerful. He just shuts down that side of the line in the run game. He's like an anchor. You could double team him, you're not going to get him to move backwards. he's just as I watched him dunk a basketball online, I realized how much power he had in his frame. Uh he has like uh meat left on the bone, let's say. Like he's going to be able to add weight. He's going to be able to get bigger or I think he's a weight room guy and I think he comes out of the weight room closer to 270-280 as he gets in college, which means he could slide inside. Now, right now, I I think he's maybe a five-tech end. I don't know if he's truly that pass rusher, outside linebacker hybrid end, but he's the one that you put to the tight end side that's going to take on the double teams and give you the push from that side with the potential to go inside and be a three-technique. He has explosion. He has a first step. He will blow gaps on you. Uh, Now let's talk about the next guy, Corey, uh, from Maryland. Jason. Or Jason, yeah. I'm thinking Corey Moore, the pass rusher from the NFL. He's a stud,
1: Corey Moore. If we yeah. didn't reincarnate him out of Virginia Tech, we'd we'd take him in a heartbeat. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, he was a, he was a speed rusher. I remember him. So the more same type of player. I thought he maybe was a little bit twitchier. I thought he maybe looked a little bit lighter, and he looked a little bit longer on film. Uh, I compared him to Chris Wormley out of Whitmer. And if you remember him, he is so long. He's like a seven forty seven when he puts his arms out. Uh, he's been drafted by the Ravens. I think he's with the Steelers now. Uh, he was a kid of Michigan that just long arms kept people off of him. Never fully developed, I think, until he got to the NFL and added that weight because he was a long body, a lot like Moore. It, it takes those guys a while to fill out and get that pop and strength. But certainly one of the, you know, your third-round draft pick I'm comparing you to, they're certainly there and some upside for Moore. Both these guys are upper-end-of-the-spectrum type athletes. You're not finding 6'5 and 6'6 six, six guys that can run like these guys. Uh, there's not many of them in the entire country, and these are two of the better ones.
1: Not only is their pedigree good from a you know, genetic standpoint, St. John Bosco is one of the better programs on the West Coast. DeMatha, one of the better programs on the East Coast. Great coaching, great schedules. So these guys are ready to come in. They'll be as game ready as you can be as a defensive lineman when you enter school. All right, Bill, we alluded to it. Let's talk about the big weekend, June 24th through 26th. I realize it's about a month away, but it does seem like every article I read, the guys are coming on one of those days. We could spend the rest of the show talking about it, but give us an idea of the guest list and kind of the prime candidates for that weekend right now as it sets up.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting in that, the whole month of June is all about official visits and it kind of peaks to a crescendo, so to speak for Ohio state that last weekend, you know, some schools are bringing in a lot of kids that first weekend, getting the first shot. Ohio state is not at least right now. They're not in the June 10th weekend. There's a couple, the June 17th weekend. There's a few more. And then June 24th, there's almost uh, 20 kids already scheduled uh, on our buck in our bucknuts database to visit, make official visits to Ohio State June 24th to 26th. So, you know, they they have been targeting, getting the last shot, and the staff has done a great job of, of getting those kids scheduled. Uh there's at least uh five kids right now from Georgia th- that are visiting High State that weekend led by Caleb Downs, the all-world safety who high state is, is very much in the running there. Um, uh Vic Burley, a defensive line guy from Georgia who's tremendous. You got Raul Aguirre, a linebacker uh, is another one um, uh, from Georgia. Darren Reed, a defensive lineman from Georgia. And uh, there's somebody that I I, I believe justice, justice Haynes, the running back out of uh, um, Georgia that is, is as good as it gets running back wise and great baseball player. So, you know, you look at five, of the top absolute top kids in the state of Georgia visiting Ohio State that weekend and by the way that's not an accident. If they those kids know each other and Ohio State staff has done a really good job of getting them all together. They have a great time. They talk about going to college together and you just don't know what's going to happen then. It, it, you know all bets are off for how many of them Ohio State might be able to uh to get to play their football in Columbus, but uh, not just Georgia guys, obviously a number of the current high state commitments are visiting that weekend, Troy Bowles and Tackett Curtis, two of the top linebackers in the country visiting Ohio state that weekend. And uh, Tackett Curtis is a guy that, uh, you know, certainly Ohio state is making a strong pitch to land. And I've got him crystal ball to Ohio state. We talked about Jason Moore, Uh, John Walker, a guy we maybe don't talk about enough, defensive tackle from Kissimmee, Florida, who is outstanding. I, I saw him in person uh, last spring. I went down to Florida and, and met with him at his high school. Uh, Olaus Allen, an offensive tackle who the High State would love to get, top of the board guy um, that, that's visiting High State that weekend. Uh, Rico Flores, wide receiver from California. So it's just a tremendous list.
1: That is an impressive list. I, consider me a John Walker fan. Of all the tapes we've done recently, for some reason, his just jumps out to me as a guy that's going to be able to get it done in college. I'm not sure he matches up to some of the other guys physically, but he's got those long arms and he's just a devastating defensive lineman. So I'm in his camp. Let's talk uh, about the yeah, guys. Two guys, who, I, two guys I
0: didn't mention Christian Gray, cornerback from Missouri, is visiting that weekend, and Desmond Ibazula from maryland another kid from the state of maryland visiting ohio state that weekend
2: yeah and bill alluded to it but i don't think i want to put a finer point on it there's a reason they scheduled all these guys at the end of the month june is full of conversations you know as these kids are going to camps and you know making all their visits you kind of want to have the last pitch or and you want to see and be able to make that last offer Maybe some of these guys are going to get NIL offers in the first couple of weeks of June. You want to know about them. You want to have something ready at the end to, to steal the show and pull the rug out from everybody else. Uh, you meet someone early in June. When they leave, they're going to go do visits and everybody else has that opportunity on you. So I think the strategy there is really keen by Ohio State saying, let's, let's not be excited and get these guys here June 1st to, to win this deal. Let's bring them in at the end and, close them you know the way I think you know you would close a, a deal but that's the thinking I think at Ohio State
0: and the flip side of that is you, you've got to you got to get guys that you don't think are going to commit right away you yeah. know if you think a kid is going to commit on his first or second visit you know you obviously don't wait on him to visit last so I State has a good feel for that you know are are, are these kids likely to commit really quickly they they know that and they're 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 scheduling those kids appropriately
2: yeah
1: one of the names i want to hit that you brought up there bill is justice haynes primarily because as we discussed earlier in the week richard young came out with his five visits where he announced earlier in the week that he was not going to take his fifth visit to ohio state i believe he has filled that open visit spot with the oregon fighting ducks but um I think there was many people here who thought Richard Jung would be in the mix. We've talked about him a lot here, going to be a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state guy. He's not. So uh, my assumption is he has run away. So that makes justice justice Haynes all the more important. I say this every time justice Haynes has to be the first one of the first athletes I can remember that is that good of a running back that good of an outfielder and that good of a left-handed pitcher that throws 94 miles per hour Go look what left handed pitchers who make 90 who throw 94 miles per hour make. I don't think there's that many in the world, so this guy's going to have some choices. Richard Jung's out, they've already got Mark Fletcher in the mix. Do you think they can actually pull Justice Sainz out of Georgia, Bill?
0: I think it's possible. I, I, I've spoken to people close to him, and, and they say, Don't sleep on Ohio State. Would I, would I crystal ball him to Ohio state right now? No. Uh, For more than one reason. Uh, You mentioned baseball. That's a serious consideration there. If he gets drafted high enough, he's not going football in college. He's going Major League Baseball. Hmm. If, If he gets drafted high enough that the money's big enough and those close to him have already told me that. So there's several reasons why I wouldn't necessarily crystal ball him to Ohio State right now. But I know. Ohio State is absolutely a factor and has a shot and which, you know, you mentioned the 94 mile an hour fastball, a quick story. When I was a high school teacher and coach at Dublin high school, we had a young man that, that uh, threw the ball pretty well. A left-handed pitcher named Kent Merker, mm-hmm. uh, 90 plus mile an hour fastball played on my basketball team and, and uh, went to see him play his baseball games a few times and literally you almost couldn't see the ball when he was, when he was out there, throw. he was throwing it so hard and he would have games where he would strike out in a seven inning high school game, 21 batters. He would strike out 18, 19, 20 guys. And it was a victory for the other team. If they could put a ball in play or even hit a foul ball, he was that good. Um, signed with Michigan to play baseball Uh But that didn't happen. He got picked as the number five player in the MLB draft. And uh, lo and behold, Kent was driving soon after that draft and signing with the Atlanta Braves, a a very nice Mazda RX-7, let's say. His dad told him that he was going to let him do one splurge thing after he signed that huge contract and he let him get a really nice car.
1: All right, Bill. I believe Kent Merker is a Westerville native, so I don't know why he was at Dublin. We can go into the recruiting issues you had, getting him over there. Secondly, (laughs) Kent Merker, great pitcher, all-time mullet. Let's be honest. That guy had a mullet to stop traffic. He came up for the Orioles at one point. I do not think that was the highlight of his career when I was introduced to Kent Merker. But we have digressed. All right, we're going to take one quick break here for those listening to the podcast, and then we will be back. We're going to start taking your questions here in just a minute. All right. We are back. Bill Mark. One name I want to hit before we go into the questions is Ben Roebuck. He is an offensive lineman from Cleveland. He is heavily recruited by Ohio state bill. We have not talked about him as much on here as we probably should have. Give us an idea of where Ohio state stands. And then Mark, you can let us know what they're going after.
0: Well, if they offer him a scholarship, they stand in great shape. Um, He likes Ohio State a lot. He's going to camp at three schools, and he he would like to earn scholarships from all three. He's going to go to Clemson June 1st. He's going to go to Notre Dame June 5th, and Ohio State uh, June 15th, I believe it was. Yeah, 15th, I believe. And uh, he wants to earn a scholarship at all three schools, and that's the three schools he's going to camp at. He's got about 20 other offers right now, including um, Michigan and Penn State, but he really would like an Ohio State offer if he were to get one, I, I think he would commit soon thereafter. You know, the question is, is he going to get an offer? We'll see at camp um, uh, th- this, you know, next month. We'll see. But he, he absolutely likes Ohio State a lot, and and um, he's kind of been up front about that all along.
1: Mark, it's interesting. <laughs> Most guys like this, he's he's obviously got um, – if we're going to break it down into tears here, I'm not trying to be negative towards our brethren but uh, or our opponents, but – uh, Michigan and Penn state don't recruit on the same level as Ohio state. So he's going for that kind of next level up Ohio state, Clemson, uh, Notre Dame offer. Do you think he has the talent to get it?
2: Yeah. And let, let's talk about him just in general. He's about 300, maybe more than 300 pounds. He's a giant. He's probably over six, five, six, six. So his natural raw talent and power is what everybody's after. He's a developing offensive lineman. He's a guy that every time you see him, he gets a little bit better gets a little leaner, gets a little stronger, his feet get a little better. We got a chance to watch him in Under Armour, and we did a video for Bucknots, and you saw him go through drills where they were testing his flexibility and the way he could bend, and he's close. Uh, Right now, he's probably a guard, and that may be stopping the big boys, or like you're saying, that next level from coming in until he proves he can move around like a tackle. Uh, It wouldn't be a big deal to take a guard like that, but he kind of reminds me of like the Trey LaRue's and some of these other big, long guys that you have to get in and develop. He will probably play tackle this year at St. Ed's, which will help him out. They'll kick him outside. St. Ed's has an outstanding offensive line, not to digress, but they're going to have four or five guys across that line with major FBS offers. So the development at St. Ed's is kind of what you're banking on. I, when I talk to college coaches and you're a kid going to Glenville, you can guarantee Ted is going to make you compete in that weight room, and there's kids in that weight room that are going to make you compete because of the talent there. Same type of thing at St. Ed's or St. X, these bigger programs. You can count on Ben Roebuck being the best version of himself this summer. And then I think there's another step to make his junior year. If he got offered by Ohio State once the first three games of the year hit, that wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen this summer. Uh, And if I'm talking about Ben Roebuck, we better talk about Luke Hamilton over at Avon up there. Guys are in the same ballpark. They're both going to be fighting for an Ohio State offer. They pretty much have all the big offers, but they want those – final upper echelon, you know, top four teams in the country type place.
1: All right. We're going to start taking some questions. Harish. Nope. Do we think we can flip Keon Keeley? Bill, who is this? And do you think they can?
0: He's an edge guy, defensive end type guy from Florida. He has been committed to Notre Dame for quite some time. Um, They're working on it. You know, they, they would like, To flip him, and he is a really talented kid. Um, Talking to some people that I know connected with Notre Dame, they feel like he's pretty secure with Notre Dame. Um, You know, we'll see. Can they get him back on campus? He he visited Ohio State in March, despite his commitment to Notre Dame. So that tells me there is a chance, a possibility there. Uh, But they got to get him back on campus, obviously, uh, for an official visit. We'll see if that happens. But I know it's not out of the question. It's just that, you know, I think that Notre Dame people are pretty confident right now they're going to be able to keep him.
1: Next question. Hmm. What do you guys see in Tackett, Curtis, that makes him such a high prospect? I'm not seeing it so much. I'm not trying to open up a can of worms here, Bill, but there's going to be much discussion about Tackett Curtis and Troy Bowles, et cetera. And Tackett is one of those guys who had a highlight film that caused such waves that I think you naturally get some people who bend back against it. They do love him. And we've seen Jim Knowles is certainly interested in his Louisiana frequent flyer miles.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Jim Knowles uh, somebody said on our, I, I did a story on Tackett, I believe it was, yeah, it was yesterday, Wednesday, because uh, Jim Knowles was at his school uh, again yesterday, and, and somebody said, and I would agree totally, uh, that if Tackett Curtis doesn't end up at Ohio State, it won't be for lack of effort on Jim Knowles' part. I mean, he has done, you know, he he, he was there right away the first day that uh manny high school in louisiana started uh spring drills and that's where tackett curtis goes manny high school and he was there yesterday on the first day they uh had their summer workout starting you know he he has been he has constantly been uh on the tackett curtis trail and has done a great job and uh tackett has changed his official visit schedule a little bit he's got uh Wisconsin first, June 3rd, that hasn't changed, but he moved USC up from June 17th to June 10th because uh, USC is having their big extravagant recruiting extravaganza the weekend of June 17th. And uh, they were looking tack at Curtis and his family were looking for a more one-on-one time rather than be at a huge group. But then he's going to visit Ohio state during their big weekend, June 24th. And um, you know, again, Jim Knowles has been uh, relentless in his recruitment of Tackett Curtis. And, and I have Tackett Curtis crystal ball to Ohio state right now.
1: All right, Mark, I got a question for you. Can the Ohio state university and Gahanna both go undefeated this season? Gahanna, obviously is that Gahanna Lincoln? Lincoln. Yeah. In a Columbus. Yeah.
2: I played with one of their coaches in college coach holiday and, they got a group coming back. They, they really have a, a special tailback I liked as a sophomore. They got a defensive end, Kamari Burns, who's one of the top in the state. They have a loaded gun, let's say. it just They fire it in the playoffs. I got to see him make a little bit of a run in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't know enough about who's going to be on their schedule at the end of the year to say if they're going to go undefeated. But I do have them in like the back of my brain as I went through their talent saying, wow, I, I got to make sure I get back there. Ohio State's going to go undefeated. I'll make everybody happy and say that. The Knowles defense comes in, and, you know, it, uh, we said it last year. We've always had enough points on the board. We just need someone to limit the defense. You can you can give up a couple touchdowns at Ohio State. You just can't give up three, four, five touchdowns.
1: Kahana obviously had a tremendous basketball player uh, oh. just pass through there, and Sean Jones, who is going to Marquette, arguably the top point guard in the state. So they'll oh. get back after on the football side. Well, I
2: want to finish up on that Taka Curtis thing. The highlight film was a wow highlight film. Literally one that had the breathtaking hits, the annihilation of running backs, the pulverization of ball carriers. And it was so great that, like you said, the hype was just, is this the best player in the country? So I think there's a lot of uh, people who expect a lot out of him. But again, the measurables check out. You see the pictures of him with the shirt off online. He looks great. The track times is what I like to legitimize his athletic ability, but the defense he was playing in was unique for high school. He was playing in a spot where he got to really be a run hit guy, not unlike what Jim Knowles does with his, you know, personnel, whether it's a safety or linebacker puts him in spots where a lot of times he was 10, 12 yards off the ball, like a safety, which in the Knowles defense, he could be doing that. But I think that highlight film was a breathtaking highlight film and, and I think if you put other players in the same defense as they were in, they may have some of the wow hits and some of the exciting like Ronnie Lott used to say the woo hits, you know. I think his highlight film really set the bar for him being, you know, this high level recruit where he's a great linebacker. You know, and the highlight film makes him look uh like a superhero, let's say.
1: Sure. Okay. Listen, the, highlight, the highlight films are just to catch people's eye and they're for the fans. Yeah. Everyone Everything should tell and I assume they know this that the staff members are watching all of your games. They're watching every piece of film you've ever put out there. So, yeah. you know, what we get to see and what the powers that be, you actually make a decision on a guy do. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Ohio state did not watch that highlight film and learn about Tackett Curtis and offer him. I think they do a little bit more of a deep dive on a guy. So yeah. both of you guys can comment on this. What is going on with the reopening of the Glenville pipeline? So there was a lull there. I mean, when I first started here low 10, 15 years ago, you literally had three, four guys, a class being considered. And I can't remember many classes that didn't have at least two Glenville guys in them. And then we went a stretch. I think it was the the last I remember was like the Eric Smith, Marshawn, Lattimore duo. And then we've had kind of a break. Now there's offers to Arville Reese and Bryce West. Why has it gotten better? And do you expect the pipeline tube to be rehooked? Either way, yeah. that one. Yeah, no, I I,
2: uh, I sat with Coach Ginn last year at a camp, and he kind of dove into this exact question. Uh, it goes back to when he got cancer. When he got cancer, you remember he was a dead man walking, they, they had him penciled in for less than a couple months to live. And it was about as serious as you know, it could be. And he kind of said when that happened, other people started behind the scenes, made their moves to take his spot when he was gone and he didn't die. So when the King doesn't die and you take your shot at the King and he comes back, there was a reshuffling at Glenville. Some of his disciples and assistant coaches went to other schools. Some of the players went to other schools and he lost a lot of his base. Uh, Talking to him last year, the word he used was rejuvenated. If you, if you saw him last year, they got the Ginn Cruiser. Now it's like the Madden Cruiser. They got a couple of Ginn vans. They take everything. They ride in style now. And he's back to the AAU track circuit and coaching these kids in track, which is one of his true passions. He's got a really fast group of guys. I think he really enjoys the off-season training. I mean, he he always reminds me who trained his son, the fastest guy ever, Ted Gidd Jr. And he – really takes pride in that. that. That's something he holds close to. When you talk to him, he really tracks his thing. So I think as he got the youth and track that back together and, you know, I, I'll digress a little uh, more. I had a sixth grader and my family run his first track meet and the gin bus showed up at the sixth grade middle school meet. There had to be 60 athletes that got off that bus and mm-hmm. they won just about every event and every race. They were the most dominating track thing I've ever seen. And I couldn't help to think that there's the pipeline. Okay. There's the future. There's the seventh and eighth grade team. There's the next freshman team. And boy, talk about not only is it full right now, is it back? I, I got a glimpse into the future. Boy, he'll be around for a while. And I probably watched a sixth grader who has Ohio State ability run this past weekend. So, yeah, he, he is back. And, and the fun word is the last thing. part. He's, he's healthy. He's having fun. He's got the guys around him he trusts now. Uh, it's like the royal family's back together.
1: When you see a high school that has offensive linemen throwing the shot put, and wide receivers and running backs, etc., and the four by one, you know they have a good, solid program. They've got those guys year round. And listen, track is one of those things. Uh, Bill, you can help me out with the guy with the blonde mullet, Sammy something Brown, Sammy Brown,
0: Sammy Brown is Sammy his Brown, Max. Max.
1: He won the state championship in the 400 as a freshman. Now, I'm sure that's Catholic school, private school, you know, but I've always said this. The 400, by the way, is human torture. I don't know if anyone knows that. It literally is because there are guys out there that can sprint the whole way. Okay, so you've got to be in a – I literally, if I was recruiting for the Navy SEALs, I would just go to the NCAA tournament 400 and just stand at the finish line because the mental, the mental fitness and physical fitness combined to be great at the 400 is a gift um, is incredible. And like all the track time, I think track having a little bit of bias here, cause I did it myself for football and ended up being better at track than football, which was a big time bummer. Cause I wasn't good at either, but anyway, it helps you mentally with your body and an understanding of how to, I just think it's a great thing to do, and I love the two-sport athlete. Bill, I digressed a little bit there. You've seen Ted Ginn the whole time here. Do you feel like Glenville is really on the way back?
0: Yeah, and, I, and the, somebody, the, the question, I think, originally started, you know, the pipeline, and I do think the pipeline is back. You know, I've, I've got Arvel Reese crystal ball to Ohio State. I don't think that decision is coming anytime early. He's going to go through the process. He's going to visit schools and all that. That's the way they do it at Glenville. There's nothing wrong with that. A little bit old school, and that's fine. Um, But in the end, I think he's going to end up at Ohio State. Uh, Bryce West loves Ohio State. You know, he's the corner, 2024 corner, loves Ohio State. And a long way off for him because he's going to go through the process too, and he's only 2024. Uh, But um, I I feel good about Bryce West ending up at Ohio State as well. And, and, And Mark can tell you there's another name to keep out there uh, uh, Witten, Demario Witten, he, he's an outstanding prospect that I can see Ohio State uh, eventually offering.
2: Yeah. And, and you know what? They have Keaton Murray. They have uh, Jacoby Laster. They got to have eight or nine Division I kids. We, we call the pipeline when they're filling Ohio State, but they're college pipe. They didn't have MAC prospects for a couple of years. And the COVID shut them down. COVID took away inner city football in Cleveland a year or two ago all his players transferred out to schools where they could go play, rightfully so. They're not going to miss their junior, senior years. So he had to really rein things back for them. And, and the words he said to me, he goes, I got the ones back I wanted. So, you know, he, he obviously did. Now, Mac players are, you know, great players too. But, you know, when you count them, he's got a a pipeline.
1: It's great just to have him back. He is truly a, a legend and a Ohio treasure. And we will finish with finished with a comment from another treasure. One of our best Suzebo, just as we brought this up, Dallin Hayden will be a running back here next season. Just one second in the state of Tennessee in the 400. So if you were excited for Dallin Hayden, be more excited now add in the fact that he's a pro legacy and I might have to buy myself a Jersey. We appreciate these guys stopping by. We just went over 30 minutes. We'll be back next week. Have a good one, Buck Hunters.